This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Ringgit and Cents on BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning, you're tuned in to Ringgit and Cents, the show all about personal finance, and I'm Sim Weeboon. The pandemic has, among other things, necessitated and facilitated the mushrooming of small businesses in many fields, from baking to selling clothes to starting your own ICT services, even getting into manufacturing and supply. Many have found opportunities to make their own entrepreneurial strides during these past two years. Of course, most of them are first-time business owners, which is not easy as it comes with a lot of considerations to be made. One such is taxation. How can you better tax plan? Where do you start? What are the rebates and the charges that you need to consider? Is it better to set up a sole proprietorship or a company? Joining me to discuss this and share some advice is Tanir Malai Somasudaram, the Managing Director of Tani's Tax Consulting Services. Good morning, Tanya. Let's start off with a bit of 101. What are the basics of tax filing for a new business owner? How does it differ for you as a business owner when you know, compared to doing your own personal tax? I think the first thing you've got to decide when you start a business is whether you want to remain as a sole proprietor, in which case you do very little in terms because you already probably have a tax file on a personal basis. And therefore, you really have to do very little. I mean, you prepare your accounts as a sole proprietor and file that as part of your personal tax return. Many do not, you know, many will actually move into forming a company or a limited liability. The biggest advantage is that is limited liability because if anything goes wrong, if the business doesn't go well, it goes south and it goes into losses, at least your liability will be capped as opposed to your personal assets being. That's number one. So that's why... You try, you know, you move into forming a company or limited uh, liability partnership so that your liability is actually at the end of the day is restricted to the share capital that you put into the company concern. My advice is step one, if you're a one man show, two man show, husband, wife, maybe start as a sole proprietor. But as soon as your business is looking good, it's becoming profitable, then form the company. Don't stay with the sole proprietorship because you're already successful, you know it will be successful, then use the company, limit your liability, you can still make your income in the company and take out as much as you want until you reach the 24% personal tax bracket because you're entitled to all the personal tax reliefs, etc. Now, as far as taxes are concerned, when you form this company, is you must have a tax reference number for a company. We call that C, C for Charlie, you have a tax reference number, which you apply to the tax office and get a tax reference number. The other thing you have is even if you have one employee or two employees or even five, you need to get an e-reference, that is an employer reference number, because you have to start deducting. Don't forget, you must deduct the uh, monthly taxes, the, the pay as you earn, or what we call PCB, monthly deduction. So you've got to deduct from the employees the taxes and hand over to the Inland Revenue in the following month, by the 15th of the following month. So don't forget that. Otherwise, penalties will also be imposed for any late payment or non-payment. So you need to get an employer reference, which is an e-reference. That too, you'll have to go to a separate section in the Inland Revenue and get. And you need a C-reference number. That will be the starting point. Because for every transaction, for many, many transactions, they will ask you for your C-reference number. Or in the case of employees, when you come, they will also ask you because employees will need that too. So that's number one. And don't forget your statutory responsibility would be to deduct taxes from the employees on a monthly basis and pay over. 
And I want to just highlight to you, you, you have a good break at the moment because from 1st July 2020 up to 2022, that is up to this December 2022, whatever tax liability you have for these three years, that is for next three years from the time you actually commence your business in the year, you will get a 20,000 ringgit rebate. That is at the bottom line. Say, let us say you have a tax liability of 50,000 ringgits, then 20,000 will be offset. You only pay 30,000 ringgits. So that is a break that you have provided you commence your business from now up to 31st December 2022. Or if you have commenced your business a little earlier, it's available from 1st July 2020. Um, what about separating your expenses, uh, you know, your bank account? Uh, I think a lot of people tend to mix their own personal expenditure with their business expenditure, especially when you just started off and it can get a bit complicated. For new companies, for the people who start new businesses and form new companies, there's always a tendency for individuals. They're unable to separate the company from the personals themselves. You've got to remember that the company is a separate entity. You can't mix both. You know, if you use the bank account, your personal bank account and the company's bank account, like uh, as though it's your own bank account, be careful. You're going to get yourself into a mess because you won't be able to you know, distinguish this. And a common, common area, I think this is something we must keep, you must have discipline in separating the company's affairs from your personal affairs, you know. Yeah, so what do you think are some of the things that maybe first-time business owners are not so aware about? When you start up, you've got to just make sure that you keep good records in terms so that you can make the necessary claims, uh, expenditure claim, and your income that you receive, you've got to record it in the correct period. So you've got, you know, you cannot record it on the basis of cash received, you know, as when, as and when you rec- receive the cash, you can't record that as income. You've got to record it on the basis of when you invoice on an accrual basis. That is, when you invoice, you've got to record it. You may receive the cash only later. So you've got to bear in mind that whatever income that you record, you may have to pay taxes, you know, on the income you record and the cash you may receive later. The other point I want to make is you mustn't forget the service tax and the indirect taxes. If you're in manufacturing, don't forget to register you know, for sales tax. And there are a lot of issues around that. So you need to be aware of all that. Otherwise, customs is very transaction documentation centered. If you don't get the documents in the right order, they will not give you the benefit of the doubt. Because if you're a manufacturer, a small manufacturer, and you buy raw materials, you can get exemptions when you buy but you've got to get the right exemptions. You've got to fill up the right forms. And then when you sell, you charge so that you don't, you're not out of pocket for cash flow purposes. When you're in service business, for example, the digital guys, you know, there's always service tax. They, they pay service tax on importation and they also charge. So you may be able to get exemptions because you don't have to pay on importation and sometimes you know, on, on the sales. So you only pay on one side. So you've got to watch. It'll help you with your cash flows. Otherwise, you're out of pocket both ways. You know, and the other thing that any startup should also think about is there are many expenses like research and development, ex, you know, ex, expenditure relating to exports. If you employ handicap employees, you get double deductions. You know, and if you if you are exporting goods, for example, the insurance that you buy on exports, you will get you know double deductions, and there are, and there are special deductions also. You know, so you've got to look for those incentives. And secondly, especially the digital. 
people, the people who are in the digital business, there are tax incentives available. The MSC tax incentives available because it's very good. If you get 70% or 100% tax holidays for five years, it's pretty good. Even if you're small, you're entitled to it if you're in the digital space. So don't forget incentives. Always look at the incentives. You know, it's very important. And finally, don't forget stamp duty. I mean, you're signing up rental agreements, when you're signing up any agreements, there is usually it's $10, but watch it. Sometimes it can be 4%. It can be sometimes 0.5%. So watch the documents and the agreements you draw. So those are kind of things I would actually warn you, you know. So those are kind of issues that you need to be. And the kind of mistakes they make is actually lack of. Usually small businesses, the record keeping is not good because they don't have the time. They forget to differentiate themselves from the company. So there's a mix. They mix up their spending. You know, they take money from the company and treat it as though they own money. The separation is not there. And usually director's accounts can be overdrawn and that will cost you also because when it's overdrawn, you have to pay interest on it. And the biggest problem I have with family-owned or individuals is actually private expenses. Be, you know, They push private expenses into the company. And unfortunately, the tax authorities are well aware of it. Usually they can pick it up quite easily. And in an audit, you end up paying penalties for that. You know, So... That's uh, those are the kind of mistakes they usually make. The problem is when you start up, you need to factor in all these taxes and take it into account as a cost of doing business. So Sim, these are factors that people usually when they come in, they forget the tax. They just calculate what will be their profits. Actually, their profits will be reduced by easily. You know, if they're profitable, uh, the small businesses up to 600,000 of taxable income pay tax at, at 17%. If you exceed the 600,000, then you pay 24%. Let's assume you're paying at 17%. You must factor in your 17% and any withholding taxes, service taxes, all this should be taken into account in calculating of the cost of doing business. You know? So your return cannot be pure profits. You have to take into account the taxes and say, what's your net return after taxes? Sim. All right, we're going to take a short break for some messages. Don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. BFM 89.9. Welcome back. You're tuned in to Ringgit and Sense and I'm Sim Weeboon. Today's topic is all about tax, especially for small businesses that just started. Joining me to discuss this and share some views is Tanya Malai Somasudaram, the Managing Director of Tanya's Tax Consulting Services. Prior to the break, we were just going through some of the things that first-time business owners should know about. You know, these are service charges, rebates, double deductions, separating your personal and company transactions. Now, Tanis, all this sounds quite a lot to keep tabs on and perhaps even somewhat complicated for the everyman. So how can one make sense of what they're supposed to do when it's not something that you can just pick up so easily? They must have some idea of this upfront, but not necessarily focus on tax. They should focus on their business. My suggestion is they should at least have an accountant right from a start if they are not really. They should have somebody who will give them the basic advice and actually, if possible, outsource this initially uh, as opposed to them spending time in filling the forms and getting to know where to go and actually do all this is time consuming. It's bureaucratic. Whereas if you gave it to an outsourced you know, uh, an accountant or somebody, he is doing it on a daily basis. For him, it's him or her, it'll be a regular event and they'll take care of it. And uh, even when it comes to employee deductions, once you have the payroll software, the software takes care of it. So 
My advice for a startup is to, yes, it is an expenditure, but it's worthwhile because the amount of money that you'd pay a small accounting firm to take care of all this is actually quite small in relation to that. When does it make monetary sense? Like, you know, how much are you making at a point? Is there a number to it? Like when how much is your revenue, then you should start considering these uh, getting someone to help you with your accounts and like you know is there a number I think we are a very small company if you set aside even a thousand ringgits a month to somebody you know they will help you initially for twelve thousand ringgits a year you know to eighteen thousand they will actually help you sort out navigate all this you know initially let's say you're a five man firm or a you know four man or a ten man firm I think it'll only cost you in the region of about 1,000 to 1,500 ringgits, and this headache will be taken out away from you. Someone else will monitor it and make sure it's paid on time. Right, so what could be the cost of making taxation mistakes, filing your tax wrong, and not knowing uh, what charges or rebates you're supposed to do or make? Very simple. For example, your monthly deduction of taxes, you don't pay on time on, say, the employee taxes. Let us say you have a payroll of about 30,000 ringgits, you know, or 20,000 ringgits. If you fail one month, there'll be a 10% added on automatically, which is already 2,000. So if you keep failing for a few months, you know, every month it will be 2,000 ringgits will be added on for a 20,000 ringgit payroll, you know, which will include your payroll. Remember, you're also working in the company. Let's assume you're 15 to 20,000, so 1,500 for that alone. And then if you fail to pay any of these withholding taxes, everything on a rough, the penalties will be usually another 10% of the tax that you have to pay. So if you make any of these mistakes, and these are automatic, you know, these are not sort of, if you fail, it'll automatically the system because you're registered and the system will immediately prompt you and say, okay, you owe me another 10%, you know, automatically. So uh, the cost of failing to file something correctly or to file it on time and pay the tax, you can just take as a rule of thumb, another 10% will be automatically added on the month that you have failed to pay, you know, or failed to actually account for it. So if you, even a small business of about 20,000 ringgit payroll or a 15,000 ringgit payroll, you're talking about 1,500 a month, you know, and if you fail to do it for a few months, either it is, the indirect tax, like, you know, in imported services, say, for example, every month you're paying a bill to Facebook or, you know, every month you're actually taking care of the employee taxes. And uh, there you are, you know, uh, you're already subjecting yourselves to at least 10% of that tax that you have to pay. Well, um, we move on to kind of the other aspect of uh, where I think a lot of people will be curious about and it's the expenses that you can charge on. Is there... Um, certain considerations to be made. Let's say when you formed a LLP or an LLC, uh, or a company, yeah. yeah. What kind of charges can you make? What kind of charges can't you make? Biggest mistake most owners make, the small owners make, is they tend to use the company bank accounts as though it's their bank accounts, you know. And uh, so what happens is, or, or they use their personal bank accounts. I'll tell you, many, many owners will actually issue, um, will pay on behalf of the company. You know, they'll continue because it's easier to pay sometimes and they'll use your personal accounts and then get reimbursed. The problem comes is at a later point in time, when you actually, some years down the line, when you start actually seeing all these movements of cash and then the inland revenue comes back to the individual and they say successful and they ask you to account for your wealth. We call that capital statement. 
we have a big problem because a lot of monies have come back in the form of reimbursements. And when we look at the bank statements, many of these individuals after three or four years cannot tell us what these credit entries in the bank accounts. Actually, they're reimbursements. They're paid on behalf of the company. So my advice is, if you're becoming successful, don't mix, don't don't pay company expenses through your personal accounts, number one. Number two, you know, and a lot of private expenses are usually paid by the company. You've got to be very careful. If there are private expenses paid by the company, you know, like household expenses, holiday expenses, travel expenses, etc., you the revenue will disallow it. And many companies, the small companies, tend to actually try claiming it, saying it's business expenditure, and then you get into trouble because in an audit, if you get audited and there is an adjustment, there's a more or less a compulsory penalty added of 45%. So if you made a wrong claim, for example, you had gone in, you know, you put your family entertainment or you put your family food bills or you put your family travel into the company, and then the revenue says, you know, what business did you do on this travel? And you can't prove that. And it becomes, it will be disallowed. Say $100 will be disallowed. And you have to pay an additional 45 ringgits, you know, to that. So you've got to be very careful. That's a common mistake they make. And number two, they use the bank account, the directors or the shareholders. And finally, they end up owing the company. In fact, the company's money, company will have cash flow. And they will owe the money. And under the tax law, if the director, if the shareholder director owns, you know, this is a, a, a director who is also a shareholder, who owes the company money, then we have to charge 4%. You know, there's a deemed interest uh, that will be deemed on the individual. And he has to then uh, actually pay tax. I mean, he has to, he will be paying the interest, but the company will have to pay the tax on the 4% income, which they may not realize. All right, and that's all the time we have for Ringgit and Sense. I've been speaking to Tarimir Marlai Sumasundaram, the Managing Director of Tani's Tax Consulting Services. Join us again next week for more discussions on personal finance. I'm Simwi Boon signing off for the morning run. We have the 10 a.m. news bulletin coming up next, followed by Enterprise BFM 89.9. Ringgit and Sense on BFM 89.9, the business station. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.